When the Sabbath was over, Mary Magdalene and Mary the mother of James and Salome brought spices so they might go and anoint him. And very early on the first day of the week, when the sun had risen, they went to the tomb. They had been saying to one another, Who will roll away the stone for us from the entrance to the tomb? When they looked up, they saw that the stone, which was very large, had already been rolled back. As they entered the tomb, they saw a young man dressed in a white robe, sitting on the right side, and they were alarmed. But he said to them, Do not be alarmed. You are looking for Jesus of Nazareth, who was crucified. He has been raised. He is not here. Look, there is the place they laid him. But go, tell his disciples and Peter that he is going ahead of you to Galilee. There you will see him, just as he told you. So they went out and fled from the tomb for terror and amazement had seized them, and they said nothing to anyone, for they were afraid. What a difference a year makes. You know, if we think back to Easter 2020, I don't know about you, but I remember almost nothing about it. I remember that we were supposedly sheltered in our homes. I remember that we were all in anxiety and fear and amazement about what, what, what was happening to us. We did not know what the future held. It was a very strange kind of Easter. But this year, this year, we feel like that tomb is empty. This year, we feel like there are signs of hope all around us. This year, we see more and more people getting immunized so that we're inching closer to that herd immunity. This year, we see grandparents who are seeing their grandchildren again. This year, people are beginning to travel. This year, we are back in the sanctuary. This year, there are signs of hope in our midst. We may not yet be fully there, but we sure see the signs of Easter all around us. You know, after this past year, which is probably the strangest, most difficult year, probably in a century, that any of us have ever faced, maybe this Easter, the Gospel of Mark actually makes a little sense. You know, this Gospel, it originally ended right where our scripture today finished up. That they fled, these women fled in terror and amazement, and they said nothing. 
That is a strange way to tell the story of the resurrection. I mean, after all, think about the Gospel of John, where Mary Magdalene comes to the tomb. It's empty. She thinks there's a gardener. Oh, no, it's Jesus. And she runs off, and she's so excited, and she spreads the news. Jesus is alive. He's risen. Or think about the other Gospels, Matthew and Luke. The three women go to the tomb. They find an angel there. Jesus has risen. Tells them that. He's gone before you. And they, in their excitement, run forth. And they go off and they find the disciples. Jesus is alive. He's risen. But here in Mark, these three women, they flee in fear and amazement. And they say, nothing. Now, surely Mark is trying to convey a message to the hearers and the readers and the preachers of this resurrection story. And I think you have to step back to where these women have been to begin to understand what's happening in this gospel. These women had followed Jesus through his ministry. They heard his teachings. They believed in Jesus. They thought he was indeed the long-awaited Messiah. But then, just a couple days ago, they watched as he was crucified. They stood at a distance, and they watched as Jesus died. And as they went into the Sabbath, where they couldn't do anything and they had to stay home, these women were carrying the grief and despair of having lost Jesus. I think these women must have been well acquainted with grief. I mean, living in the first century world, where Infant mortality was probably 50%. Women routinely died in childbirth. All the stories of Jesus remind us that there weren't doctors and hospitals and immunizations and all the things that we take for granted that heal us and keep us well. These women must have been well acquainted with grief. They knew what to do. In the morning, at the first light of dawn, after the Sabbath was over, they did what they had probably done many times before. They took the spices, they went to the tomb to anoint the body of Jesus, to sit with him, to touch him to remember him, to talk about him, to grieve what they had lost. These women were surely well acquainted with grief. But as they arrive at the tomb, the stone, this big heavy stone has been pushed away. And as they look in the tomb, there is no Jesus. All they see is this young man in white, a messenger of God who says, he's not here. He has been raised. 
just as he told you. He is going before you, so go, and you will find him out there in the world. Now, surely, this must have been strange, confusing for these women. They know grief. They know what to do in grief. They know that if they keep going, their life will return and they'll go back to the way things have been. But if Jesus is risen from the grave, if he is alive, if hope is real, if God's love has overcome the world and has overcome death and violence and hatred, then everything has changed. These women don't have any idea what it means to live with a risen Christ. They have no experience of a world that has been overcome by the living God. And so, Mark says to us, these women are given a choice. You can live in the way you've always lived, in the things you've always lived in. You can live and hold on to your grief. Or you can go and trust that in following Jesus, he will bring you to a place you have never known before. But you know, people of God, sometimes it's easier to live in the mess that you know than to step out into a new life. It's easy to live in the mess that we're comfortable with. And this new thing is unsettling. It's unknown. And we don't know where it will lead us. The women at this tomb, they are given a choice. Either they go into the unknown and they go out into the world to follow Jesus or they go back into the mess and nothing has changed. And you see, the gospel writer is asking us to see ourselves as the women who come to the empty tomb in the morning. Oh, we think we know how the story ends. We think we know what comes next, but then we walk out of Easter morning and we go back to the mess that we already know instead of getting up and grabbing hold of the hope and the new life that Jesus' resurrection has given to us. It means stepping out into a new world. It means doing things in a different way. It means letting love and compassion and service and caring be the very heart and soul of our lives in the world. It means going and finding where Jesus is in the world and picking up his ministry and being Christ in a hurting and suffering world. We go in faith in the promises of the resurrection. But just like those women, we don't know for sure what following Jesus may mean for our lives and the mess that we're comfortable with. 
You know, there is a British TV show. It's called The Vicar of Dibley. Now, some of you may have seen The Vicar of Dibley. It's about a woman uh, vicar, minister, who is appointed to a little rural English church in Dibley. And all of the people in this little town are a collection of oddballs and misfits and strange people, kind of like us. And the church council has this woman on it by the name of Letitia. And Letitia is an elderly woman who is known for her cooking. Not the kind of cooking that uh, you would like because she's experimental and she will bring in a pie and say, oh, it's butterscotch and liver. Or she'll bring the people cookies and say, cookies, chocolate chips and anchovies. But then during the season of Lent, Letitia falls ill. The vicar is called to Letitia's home in her bedside where the doctor has pronounced that she will not live, that her heart can't stand beating anymore. And all of the close members of this church community have gone in and said their goodbyes to Letitia, and then in goes the vicar who sits with Letitia, who asks her, first of all, was my cooking really experimental? And of course the vicar says, oh yes, you will be remembered. But then she says, I have a secret I must share with you, vicar. Now there has been a tradition for 50 or 60 years in the town of Dibley that very early, every Easter morning, someone, the Easter bunny, in an Easter bunny suit, goes from house to house in the village and leaves chocolate eggs at every house. But it's been a mystery for 50 or 60 years. Nobody knows who the Easter bunny is. And Letitia says, Vicar, I am the Easter bunny for 30 years. And before that, my father was the Easter Bunny. And now, Vicar, you must be the Easter Bunny. Now, listen, if you're, if you're a pastor on Easter, you got a lot of things you got to worry about. You got a sermon and a service, and you, gotta, you don't need to be up at the crack of dawn going around throwing around chocolates. But she makes herself an Easter bunny suit. She buys the chocolate eggs, and early on Easter morning, off she goes, and she's putting the eggs on the doors, and she comes around the corner and comes face to face with the Easter bunny, who pulls off his head, it's the chair of her church council, and says, what are you doing, vicar? And she says, what are you doing? And they both say, Letitia told me I had to be the Easter bunny. So, okay, then let's split up the town. And they put back on their, their costume hats, and they're going to go around the corner. And as they turn the corner, a dozen other Easter bunnies. Because Letitia had told everyone, I'm the Easter bunny. You must now be the Easter bunny. And everyone got themselves an Easter bunny suit 
and went out with chocolate eggs. Now, as funny as this episode is, the message is true. We are given this gift of Easter, this empty tomb, this resurrection, but then we have to decide what we will do with the truth of the gospel. It's not simply a matter of thinking and believing. It's a matter of living our lives in a way that brings compassion and joy and healing to a hurting world. It's a, it's a way of living that doesn't ask what's in it for me, but goes because Jesus needs our hands and our hearts and our feet in the world. And so the gospel writer leaves us with these women fleeing from the empty tomb. And he asks us, what will you choose? The tomb is empty. Jesus is risen. He's gone before us. You can go back to the comfortable mess you know. Or you can go and live the life that Jesus calls you to live. A life of hope and love. A life that is like that of Jesus. The tomb is empty. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen.